This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Here's the scenario. You've been injured in a serious accident. The doctor says your recovery could take months, maybe even years, yet your insurance company is denying your claim every step of the way. If something like this happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. We have offices in Toronto, London, Peterborough, and now Kitchener-Waterloo. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Hey, that's pretty good. The Raptors defeat the Atlanta Hawks 118 to 108 and do so in not exactly a stress-free fashion. They do so in a very aesthetically pleasing fashion for much of the game. Kind of a throwback to Halcyon days of basketball where the three-pointer wasn't that important as they missed their first 12 shots from downtown (laughs) in this game. And... The first three made in this game wasn't Fred Van Vliet on a wide open catch and shoot or Gary Trent Jr. These, you know, all world shooters. No, it was a Thaddeus Young step back of which he's now 11 of 22 with the Raptors from the corner. So kind of a, I don't know, a little secret uh, hack for Raptors. If you care about talking to your buddies, your friends, you know, whoever they are saying, hey, you know, Lisa. I got a funny little factoid for you. Hey, hey, Brad, you know, hey, Davon, you know, let, let me talk to you. Thaddeus Young is 11 of 22 from the corners this year. If, you know, that little factoid interests you, feel free to, you know, break that off this podcast and use it for your own, <laughs> your own. Anyway, yes. Okay. The Raptors won. John Collins, uh, Danilo Gallinari are missing from the Hawks in this one. OG Ananobi still out with... Something is going on with his leg, his hip, after it looked like he got Charlie Horse really bad. I'm not super sure. Somebody will ask a question at practice. I'm almost certain of it. And then we'll know more. But yes, the Raptors, a throwback game. Okay. And they ended up hitting some threes in this game. None bigger than the last one that Fred Van Vliet hit after missing about 18 in a row, It's it seemed like. But the Raptors got by on those extra possessions in a game where they grabbed 20 offensive rebounds. They win by 10 points. And of course, along with that, you need to be able to score the basketball. And that's where Scotty Barnes and, you know, Pascal Siakam chief among everybody was able to provide something significant in 31 points, you know, 13 boards and six assists. Precious punching in with 11 of his own. Boucher had 18. Scotty had 19. The young guys, the long guys, the long boys, as it were, coming out of the woodwork to assist Pascal Siakam in taking down the Hawks. Just a super fun game where the Raptors had to rely on guys that sometimes they have to rely on, but 
in a game where Fred ended up shooting, what, 4 of 21? 4 of 21. It's, uh, you have to go to places you might not have expected. And that's exactly what happened in this game. And they actually managed to win. So if I could start off describing this game, I would say the first half is uh, defined by good defense. And by a few different candidates in this case, his precious two was pretty damn good. Ken Birch, pretty damn good. Boucher, pretty damn good. Fred Van Vliet, pretty damn good. Pascal, very nice. These guys just really having a nice game defensively. And relying solely on Pascal Siakam to just drive the offense, work from the middle of the floor, compromise the Hawks defense, see what opens up, and just hammer the offensive glass and see what you can get there. The second half, some more threes go in. So you don't have to defend at exactly the same level, but the Raptors still did a pretty good job of it. And especially late in the game where Precious Achua, he got to close. It's not every game that he does. And in this one, definitely earned, although I, you know, I'd love him closing more games. But regardless, he completely changed how the Hawks attacked in the pick and roll, what type of schemes the Raptors got to run. They got to blitz. And the Raptors with Cam Birch, they do not get to blitz Trey Young in the pick and roll. Cam is too slow. He will leave a gap. And Trey is going to split that. Like you bet your bottom dollar, Trey is going to find a way to split. But with like Chris Boucher and Pat and uh, Precious Achua, sorry, he's probably not going to get to split. And on three possessions late, he did not get to split and he had to reset and they didn't score out of it. Is that pick and roll the engine of the Hawks offense? The engine, one of the best plays in the NBA that any one player can run. And Trey Young is the guy running it. It, it didn't work out because Precious was, was so solid. And uh, yeah, that, that was late in the game. But in the middle of the game, I thought that the Raptors found a really nice stride as well. And it's uh, it had Young punched in as well in the first half, too. It was nice to see. But yeah, man, the Raptors, for the most part, relied on their defense. And then once it started blowing up a little bit, because they had two quarters where they allowed 31, and then they allowed, I think, 46 between the second and the fourth quarter, they, they found room to improve. They saw what was working, what wasn't. They cut and ran and decided to change what they were doing, kind of, you know, change up the approach, which is what you have to do when you play a star like Trey Young, who reads the floor at such a special level. And they made the adjustments they needed to. And even though they did hit some shots late, the calculus for this game did remain defense plus Pascal plus extra possessions on offense. And that was super nice to see. Chris Boucher coming in just raining threes. Like Chris Boucher led the Raptors and made threes tonight. And he took you know, Fred Van Vliet took over twice as many as he did, <laughs> which is that you're not often going to get that outcome. But in this game, you do. This is, you know, as I talked about at the top, a very unique game where the Raptors had to look elsewhere. And yeah, by gum, they did it. Pretty impressive stuff. So things started going really well at the start of the fourth quarter. And then the Raptors basically didn't score a basket from around seven minutes to around four minutes. So they had a long scoring drought. And this was largely because of Fred Van Vliet commandeering the offense. And Fred, who, you know, you're okay with him commandeering the offense a lot, less so after the All-Star break. But he he's had such a great year. He was an All-Star, and he deserves to be able to call his shot. It's tough to see him call it so often. 
miss so many shots, and then see Nick Nurse start running set actions specifically for him. Now, you can quibble with this and you can say Fred got good looks regardless. It's a coach's job to get them good looks. Yes, that's true. But there's also the overlay of Pascal Siakam is cooking the hell out of the Hawks. Even if they're throwing extra attention his way, it's probably better to run an action with Pascal that's trying to get him to score and then let him make reactive reads rather than a set action to get Fred in open three or something where he's just missing everything. Even the three that he hit late in the game was a set action. Well, it's not set action as a fancy term for a pick and roll where they just ghost the screener for Pascal and they tried to double. Sorry, they tried to switch and Pascal used an escape dribble and makes DeAndre Hunter re-engage. He collapses the strong side and he finds Fred for a three. This is just relying on Pascal to make good plays instead of relying on the, you know, a set action to kind of create something for a player who's not hitting anything. And it made sense to me that finally, once Pascal was on ball, they got free throws for Precious Achua after Pascal drew everybody in the paint to him and dumped off the Precious. It made sense that Fred was open and that he got found in rhythm like that after Pascal made the pass and the Raptors were able to pull the game out afterwards. You know, Pascal got downhill, got to the free throw line. Good things started happening once they started focusing him as the offensive guy once again because he had 29 points heading into the fourth quarter and only finished with 31. Basically didn't really touch the ball for the first, I don't know, eight minutes of the of the fourth quarter. That's tough. That's really tough to swallow. You don't want to see that. And it is on Pascal to some degree, yes. But it's on Fred and Nick Nurse even more so to make sure that Pascal is involved. And even, and you know, how much is Pascal asking for it? We're not privy to these conversations. But when a game is slipping away and Pascal's the guy who has been how you exact your offensive game plan all night, And you notice that as soon as you go back there, you pull away, you start winning the game. Not to mention Pascal was absurdly good defensively down the stretch too. You just have to, have to, have to, have to make sure that that guy remains your focal point. And you just have to make sure because I'm saying have to a lot. But anyway, that's how I feel. I thought that that was a failure because the Raptors had this game in hand. And, you know, they're guys like Fred, by the way, still has like a bum knee currently and he's playing 36 minutes when maybe it would have been nice if he played 32. Pascal cleared 40 minutes again. Maybe he doesn't have to clear 40 minutes if <laughs> if they just give him the ball a little bit more, you know? It's that's tough. These guys are going to get into the playoffs and they're going to have to really gear up to play these super super intense games and you know Will they be used to it because they're already there? Will will other things come into play? Like, will they be more gassed heading into the postseason? Other teams might be more fresh. What is the take there? Rust versus, you know, rest, that type of thing? Who knows? But it's just, it feels like minutes could be saved. Rest could be had if they just, sometimes they move away from what's working. And yeah, Pascal got the ball eventually and it worked. They just waited too damn long, I thought. And you know, a big shout out to like Scotty Barnes for trying stuff in lieu of Pascal being gone at the start of the fourth quarter and Scotty getting into the middle of the floor trying to create. And you try things out in those moments. I mean, hell, we had, you know, I talked about how the other game, Precious was one of the horns 
in their horn sets. And we saw Thad and Kim in as the horns in one. And Fred ran and set, you know, a flex screen for Pascal. And that's a completely, it's a, you know, a play they run, but it's a completely new look in the play. It didn't return any points, but you're trying stuff out. You're seeing the early returns of this kind of stuff. And with Pascal gone, I understand that that the Raptors were looking for something with Scotty trying to press a little bit with Fred. Yes. But once Pascal was back in, they just took too long. I'm belaboring this point, but the reason why the Raptors won this game was largely because Pascal is really damn good at basketball, should be on an all NBA team by the end of the season. And, you know, his defense and offense to close this thing out were sublime. Defensively, he is consistently not in this game, because Precious Achua is on the floor. But in most of the games where it comes down to the wire, Pascal Siakam is the Raptors' number one rim protector. His help side contests late in games are so, so fantastic. His coverage on the back end, like he'll sprint that baseline. It's so good. He solves so many problems, and he did in this game too. Precious was out there as well, so he affects a lot too. Like Precious, you could make the case that like, a good Precious game is as good as a good Fred or Pascal game defensively. Like, that's how high he can punch at times. And this was a good defensive Precious game. As I said earlier, he kind of blew up a lot of the, the Hawks' pick-and-roll actions. And so he and Precious, you know, Siakam and Precious teaming up for that back line down the stretch, they absolutely made life way easier for everybody else. A blow-by could happen for Fred or Gary or Scotty, and those guys would be there. And they would help close this game out. It was super nice to see. But overall, yeah, this game just Pascal carrying. The Hawks, you know, they, they made adjustments. They started throwing more attention his way. But they did for a while try and get away with Tim, Timothy Luwaru Cabarro in the middle of the floor, just isolation. Siakam just cooked the hell out of him, man. Like, no regard for human life. Went at him. End ones. Folders over top. Spin straight to the bucket, whatever. He was getting to his spots, hitting from there too, and then playmaking once the attention came. Super nice to see. But Precious coming in with that attack to close out, huge dunk, probably the best dunk from a Raptor so far this year. It was massive. And Chris Boucher hitting threes and then giving you a little bit more on the inside, grabbing extra possessions the same way Thad did, the same way. Precious, well, Precious only had one offensive rebound, I think. I think he only had two rebounds on the whole night, by the way. But uh, Scotty had six offensive rebounds. Like, that's they were really getting after it in that regard. And so, Precious, a nice game. These guys plugged in as well. But they go. This is a team that came through it really happy with the adjustments that were made. Well, more so happy with the results of the adjustments that were made, especially defensively. Trey Young, it's not easy to find a fix for him. When the Raptors played the Hawks last time and they lost, uh, Trey Young was isolating a lot because Precious Achua started having success against um, Trey when he was at the level of the screen or in drop and even in blitz a little bit, right? I, you know, I charted every single pick and roll action that Trey, that Trey ran that game and wrote, you know, what the Raptors' defensive response was and who was running it and the outcome. And I thought it was going to be this huge thing that I was going to be able to write about. But then the Hawks just dropped it and started running isolation. They didn't do this late in this game. And the Raptors got to make that adjustment at the end and just throw Precious at them. And it worked. That was awesome to see. Really great. I think that takes us to, I mean, the Reggie Evans Award. It's not Precious. It's Scotty. Scotty getting 19 of 14. That's huge, dude. 
this is a rookie, you know, kind of skating to 19. It wasn't even a huge Scotty game or anything like that, by the way. But a rookie getting to 19 and 14, six extra possessions on the offensive end in a game you win by 10. Man, really, really nice to see. I was really happy with that. So, yeah, well done, Scotty. Uh, Reggie Evans Award to him. Top quick reaction comment from Lee's quote. That was Birch's best game of the year. Well done. That said, Precious made two incredible defensive stops in a row in the fourth, and Nick takes him out to bring Birch back in and Thad, who had also had played very well. It's not easy keeping players who played really well earlier in the game on the bench, but when you've got momentum going and your guys are making great plays and showing no signs of fatigue, you can't take them out. And sure enough, the Raps got clobbered on both ends. Thankfully, Nick fixed his mistake and brought Precious and Gary back in, and the rest is history. End quote. Hey, Lees, yeah, you and I are of a similar mind on Precious, I think. And Birch's best game of the year, I don't know. There's been quite a few games this year. He's had he's had quite a few good ones. And this one didn't seem like incredible to me. But, you know, you and I agree for the, for the quick reaction I had written that I thought Birch had a nice game. And, you know, we're in agreement on that. But maybe me less emphatically. But we are in the exact same uh, mindset as far as how how precious is utilized and maybe not utilized often enough. I know that Nick likes to anchor him with Boucher and then kind of get a feel for how he's playing that night and then deploy him. But I think precious is good enough to get more run, like way more run than Kim for, for the record. But, you know, it is what it is. But I think, yeah, you and I are in agreement. So uh, for for most things there, you know, what you what you touched on with precious making big defensive plays Yes, and getting in at the end, being important. Yes, so uh, thanks for writing in, Lee's. Uh, always a pleasure. Listener, thanks for tuning in, whether you got into it in the morning or at night. Have a blessed day and goodbye.